to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm peaches and i'm czar all right fellas you've seen the episode of the title we talked about last time you know what we're talking about today the playstation 5 has been out for just a little while now only about four months but has already made a very profound impact on the gaming community And I think that is why it is worthy, especially since (laughs) yours truly managed to get their hands on one. Uh, I think it's time to talk about it a little bit. And I know exactly what you guys were thinking. We have not talked enough about Sony lately, so I don't want you to worry about that, Zar. I'm looking at you, Zar. Don't you worry. You're going to get your Sony fixed today, pal. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Before we get into this, I mean, obviously, as a PlayStation 5 owner, I can speak highly of like my experience alone. A lot of what I'm going to talk about today is going to be based off of my opinion when we get into like the second half of the episode. Um, But before that, we're going to give kind of like a little bit of the history of like what's gone on with the PlayStation 5 so far. We're going to talk about its sales, its controversies, differences in the PlayStation 5 versus the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro. And then a lot of my own thoughts on what I've been able to do so far. So before we get into it, Zar, Peaches, what do you think? Are you excited? Yay! Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a birthday tradition in my family where we do uh, what we call Death March Happy Birthday, where everyone sings happy birthday in the saddest tone you can possibly imagine. Um, and that's kind of about where I'm at right now. That is amazing. Can I, will you take a video of that and send it to me? <laughs> um, you know, next birthday that we do, there hasn't uh, been a lot of get togethers uh, for, I mean, who knows why, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery. All right. That's fair. But yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen the, the old fam in a while here, so maybe next time. But yeah, you know, it's like, it's, it's a, it's somber, but it's also happy at the same time about as I guess where we're at. Well, it sounds like, everything everyone decides not to acknowledge for an actual birthday. <laughs> like, that's that's how birthdays really are, just nobody talks about it. <laughs> Alright, well, we don't need to get deep with this. I mean, it's just a fun thing to do is Death March Happy Birthday, but <laughs> now you're making me think about the inevitable end of life. Yay! <laughs> I love that so much. I'm gonna propose that to my family. <laughs> I wanna make, yeah, that's a great tradition. So how about you just be excited for your old friend, JP? Okay, just do it for JP. I'm happy you're happy. I'll take that. (laughs) Look, I'm a PlayStation fan, sort of. I mean, obviously the the PC is better, but the PlayStation has a lot of games that I I like to get down on, you know? All right, so there's not much else to really start uh, or much to kind of preface this with. I say we just jump into what we're going to talk about here. So we're going to start with how the PlayStation 5 has been doing in general. Now, we are about four months into the PlayStation 5 release. Um, The console itself was released on November 12th in 2020, which was four months ago. Now, 
That's COVID time, right? Four months in COVID time. And COVID time has a weird way of working, right? Because four months doesn't seem that long ago, but at the same time, it feels like it's been a while since the PlayStation 5 was released. Have you guys felt like that too? Or is it just because we talk about it so much and all the chaos? How many historic events happened between now and the PS5's release? <laughs> That's how I've been gauging time by historic events. In terms of gaming or just in general? In general. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the calendar you got there. Well, let's see. People tried to overthrow the government several times. Oh, yeah, um, that happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do I need more? <laughs> I I'm tired of living through history. Um, I, I wanted to go back to like when I was a kid and it felt like history wasn't happening all the time, you know? Yeah. Now it's like, all right, uh, you know, first in like a century pandemic, big election all sorts of stuff around that. And then a bunch of dumb hogs tried to overthrow the Capitol. Like, Jesus Christ, I, I am so tired of living through history. Can you imagine the fourth graders years from now trying to memorize all the shit that happened in a matter of like two years? Oh, you mean our children? Yeah, I'm going to drill it into their heads. <laughs> Bold of you to assume I'm going to be having children. Yeah. <laughs> Or find somebody who loves me. Yeah, it's like, actually, you know, let's 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 take it back a step. Bold of you to assume that I'm gonna have sex anytime in the future. <laughs> Children, there was that gender reveal party that set most of the country on fire. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh God, you remember when like San Francisco was just fuck? It looked like a scene out of Fallout. Like everything was just orange. I remember. That wasn't just San Francisco. That was the rest of the world. There was a haze across everything. <laughs> okay, so the point is, COVID time has been funky, right? A lot of shitty ass things have happened in the last year, but, but, a lot of great things have happened too, and I mean that genuinely. Because of the pandemic, it's brought a lot of new people to the front of gaming, right? And a lot more eyes, even more than usual, have been brought to gaming. Like, consoles have been flying off the goddamn shelves. And of course, like, you know, the hardware shortages have a big thing to do with why we haven't been able to get our hands on the... Not even these consoles, but, like, older consoles, consoles as well. It was pretty hard to find a Nintendo Switch for a little while, too. Still kind of is. It still kind of is. Yeah, I walked by... Wal like, I was in a Walmart doing some grocery shopping yesterday. I looked... I'm always curious, so I just go to the gaming section out of habit. Just to see... And obviously there were no Xboxes or Playstations on the shelves, but the Switches were gone too. The the Switch thing, I don't know if Switches got like, uh, I know there's like some Switch scalpers, but there's also the issue where it's like so many people wanted to buy a Switch because they were going to be locked inside and they needed something to do. Yeah, and they needed something to do. I have, I literally have three friends who I've been able to coerce during the pandemic to go buy a Nintendo Switch. I somehow picked up my Switch months before the pandemic. You coerced your friends to get a Switch? What were you threatening them with? A good time. And a Glock 19. <laughs> <laughs> buy a Switch. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the PlayStation 5, because that's why we're talking about it. Now, like I said, pandemic, huge for gaming. You know, sucked for almost everything else, but good for gaming. The PlayStation 5 was announced about five months prior to its release on November 12th, 2020. And the sales so far have been pretty good. Um, I've got an article here that comes to us from Screen Rant. Um, just talking a little bit about the sales published by Emily Morrow. 
So far, we've hit about 6 million sales since the start of March. That's, you know, just as of like three weeks ago. So obviously more have been sold since then. But the fact that so many people have been willing to buy this console, especially in the midst of hardware shortages and with, you know, everybody being so careful about money is pretty goddamn outstanding. If I do say so myself, what do you guys think about that? That's, yeah, an impressive number. Um, how many of them were scalper buys? Yeah, I, I knew Zar was going to say yeah. it, so I let him finish that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, if you look down there, it mentions that. Scalper sales supposedly um, account for 10% of all PlayStation 5 consoles sold. Only 10%? Yeah, that seems really low. Yeah, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, it looks like it's a credible source that created that statistic, though. I went a little deeper into the article. I mean, even if that's true, though, it's just simply outstanding how many consoles that they've been able to sell of this so far. And I would love be able to, I would love to be able to tell you guys like how many of those were like uh, the PlayStation 5 full console versus the digital only that we're dubbing the PSD. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, though, six million only four months in. I mean, if that trend continues, you know, that's going to be 12 million by the end of the year. And come to think of it, I mean, like the PlayStation 2 was popular for about, you know, 10 to 12 years before it died off. And it's the best selling console of all time at like 150 million units. Yeah, yeah. But the different factors for the PlayStation 2. Yeah, I know. If you say DVD player, I'm going to come and hit you on the head with a brick. Yeah, but that is the it's the ultimate factor. Oh, I live eight hours away. DVD player. <laughs> Consoles didn't have DVD players at the time, so they made a killing with it. It was just luck. Yeah, on an unrelated note, where do you live and where can I find a brick? You know where I live, but I don't know where you can find a brick. We just had all the dead trees taken out of our yard since one of them fell, so there's a lot of big sticks in the backyard you can use. Well, maybe another one's gonna fall tonight, and maybe it's gonna be pointing towards your house this time. Joke's on you, there's no more trees around. I'll plant one! <laughs> I'll plant one and come drop it on your house in 20 years. You just wait. I'm in this for the long haul. <laughs> That's how petty I am. I don't know how inclined I am to believe that 10% number, but it really could be the case that, you know, we just, we see so many of these scalper stories. And so our, our brain is more like predisposed to thinking that's where everything went. When in reality, you know, maybe a lot of people were able to get the console like on launch and since then, that's when the scalpers have been taking all of them. And that's the, where the 10% is coming from. You know what I mean? I think you have to be pretty either pretty desperate or pretty stupid to buy a PlayStation 5 from a scalper. So 10% is one in 10 people. Now, the question is, do I think one in 10 people are stupid? The answer is absolutely. That's not true. I didn't think about that. How many of these consoles sold, like, you know, went to scalpers and then people bought them from scalpers? Precisely. And that's kind of been my mindset through the whole scalper thing. Like, obviously, these scalpers are being malicious and they're taking advantage of people that really want this, especially like parents who just want to get this console for their kids, because, you know, that's probably the majority. That's going to be the target audience. Like, so I'm not by any means defending scalpers. But on the other hand, a practice only works if people are willing to capitulate to it. And I know that not everybody who bought from a scalper is some desperate parent. Most of them are people that just wanted to get on the hype train early. And those are the people that I'm saying, come on, just wait. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
There's no reason, in my opinion, we can get into this a little bit more later. There's no reason to have a PS5 right now. That's funny that you mentioned that, because I do have a section later in this where we talk about that. Why you don't have an Xbox yet? Ah! <laughs> Let me ask you this, Zar. How hard have you been trying to get the new Xbox? Oh, I haven't even Googled it or any search <laughs> engine. But... Because if you find it, it's like, all right, the new problem is I need money. <laughs> I have found the console. Now I need to find the money. No matter what you think about this, I think the PlayStation 5 is doing very, very well with sales so far. But it has not all been just cheer for the PlayStation 5, because almost right off the bat, we were hit with several controversies. Now, a few of them we've even talked about before. So let's start by talking about some of the bricking consoles. When the PlayStation 5 first released, I don't know if you guys remember, Zar, Zach, and I talked about this fucking bricking issue that was going on when you try and put the PlayStation 5 into rest mode. That ruined the console for a lot of people, because once it's bricked, there's no going back from that. There's no way to fix your console. You just wasted quite a bit of money. You turned it into a literal brick. Yeah, basic. Hey, I found a brick. <laughs> yeah, you can you can build a house with broken PlayStations. Or you can hit your buddy on the head with it. Hey. Bonk. I'm not trying to shift the blame to Xbox like, well, Xbox had this and that, because that doesn't solve the problem. Xbox didn't have a bricking issue. Xbox did not have a bricking issue. That is true. So this like putting your console in rest mode is fundamentally an important part of consoles now because that's how you like apply updates when you're not using consoles. That's how you download games when you're not using the console. It's important. So for an oversight like that to go under Sony's radar, it's pretty unforgivable in my opinion. What do you I know we've already talked about this in a previous article. What do you guys think of this? Um, do we know what the specific problem was like? internally was it software related or hardware it was it's a software issue and you know that it's a software issue because it was fixed with a simple like just patch update it was just a bug fix like i i it's not a huge deal then if it was fixed and i don't consider that an oversight like if it had if every playstation that rolled out to the store had some sort of like faulty motherboard then yeah, I'd consider that an oversight, but if it's just a software thing, that's just like a, oops, well, let's fix that quick. Well, the problem, I think, comes in not where it's like, all right, well, let's fix that real quick. It's like people, as far as I understand, actually had their console permanently broken because of this little software. Yeah, but they replaced those. Were they? I See, that's what I was wondering. I was looking through the article, and I can't see if, like, Sony went ahead and just replaced these consoles for these guys or not. They did. But I mean, the problem was that Sony was being a little malicious with, you know, uh, okay, we'll fix your console, but, you know, you pay for the shipping and we'll ship back the console. And they asked you a lot of questions. Yeah, not to mention the questions for authenticity and then just the time of being able to get it back in and back out because they don't just have more PlayStations on hand for this issue that they didn't see coming. Like, the people had to wait again for their new consoles to get shipped to them. Um, and my question was, like, this is a pretty big controversy that happened. Do you guys think that it slowed down the sale of the PlayStation 5 at all or put, like, Not more hesitancy into people? You don't think so? No, we already went over the statistics and it's already kicking the shit out of Xbox. I don't think it affected the sales at all. <laughs> I was not going to bring Xbox into this, but you are correct. <laughs> 
I'll say it. I'll be the first to say it. Xbox is not doing well in the race. Wait for some more games to come out and some more cool, flashy stuff. Well, dude, like, fucking PlayStation barely has any games out as it is either. Like, it's more, I think PlayStation has the name value at this point, right? That people are like, well, PlayStation will have the games once they are out as compared to Xbox. And that's why I'm getting a PlayStation 5 now. But as for this issue specifically, I do think this is actually a big deal because it's if it's people's first introduction to the console and then right away there's like this bricking issue where they have to send it back to the manufacturer to get it fixed. Like, Jesus Christ, guys, like you got this is something you need to have fixed on launch. You know, something like blowing vape smoke into an Xbox isn't really comparable. Oh, I forgot um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that even killed any of the Xboxes, though. <laughs> this is like no wrongdoing on the consumer. This is all on the on like Sony for shipping these with this issue still possible, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and I'm more on the Peach's side of that where I do see how this is a super big deal. But on the other hand, I do think Zara is right in the fact that I don't really think this slowed down sales that much, to be honest with you. You know, if someone was on the page about to buy the PlayStation 5, ready to click ship, and then they said like, well, hold on, I heard about that bricking issue. I want to see how the... Oh, it's gone anyway. <laughs> yeah. You, know? yeah you, couldn't, you can't hesitate when you're trying to get the next gem. But I mean, there's always a waiting period for new consoles. Like, yes, a big part of the reason why I don't get the new console is because I'm a I'm broke, and it sucks. But the other part is, is because you need to wait a year for these problems to see. Like, once once a year has passed, all of these initial launch problems have been seen and fixed, and that's when you should get the console. And so if you do get it within that first year, you just got to assume that you're going to be a guinea pig for broken consoles. But I mean, that still doesn't necessarily, like, leave Sony of any of the responsibility of fixing a broken oh, console that no, somebody paid money all. for. Like, at the end of the day, you still gotta fix your damn console. I mean, for God's sakes, the Xbox 360, I had three of those things, and by the last one, it still wasn't 100% bug-free. <laughs> I don't think any of them ever had a chance in hell to live. Well, I mean, the PlayStation 3, in fairness, I, th- I think had a similar issue to the Red Ring. I just wasn't as common as the Red Ring. Well, because the red ring is like your Xbox got obsessed. <laughs> like PlayStation had like the yellow shit going on, right? I mean, let me let's put it this way. PlayStation never had like a series of words that alluded to like the breaking of their console. Like everybody knows what the red ring of death is. And I don't think that's a good thing. No, it's it's definitely not. I mean, Xbox possession is, is not far off because you would see the death flash before its console eyes and then it would it would cry out pain like your console was suffering through the whole process. <laughs> that made me sad. Yeah, a lot of good Xboxes were lost. And when you send it back it, before you shut the box, it calls you dad for the first time. And you close <laughs> the box and duct tape oh, it and send it away. <laughs> damn it. Why did you have to say that? <laughs> all right. All right. Now, it wasn't just the console that had issues upon uh, launch. We also found that the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller drift was very real and very much a problem for many of the new PlayStation 5 owners. As far as controversies go, now, I know a lot more about the controller drift issue being fixed. Like, you know, we still have we talked about this in another series of news, too, where 
people were having controller drift and Sony was kind of, again, like being a little hesitant about helping people out with that, offering not very good customer service. Again, being more like on the side of maybe this person did something than, oh, maybe there's an issue with our product. But it was nothing a good lawsuit could not fix. And now anytime, <laughs> and now anytime you see some uh, controller drift in your controller, you can send it into PlayStation and you're damn right that they're going to fix it for you. So again, like kind of with the bricky consoles issue, do you think this made anybody a little bit more hesitant about picking up a PlayStation 5 or ruin their reputation at all? Well, anybody who owns a Switch knows how annoying controller drift is. Oh, you're goddamn right. But I, I, like, as you said before, you didn't see any Switches on the shelf, so naturally I don't think this affected the sales either. Well, it's also kind of an echo chamber thing, right? Like, you're not going to necessarily hear about this type of news when you're out trying to buy the console until it's something that happens to you and you start Googling it and it's like, oh, tons of people have had this problem. Yeah, but you can also replace a controller a hell of a lot easier than you can a console. Anybody who's experienced controller drift, you know, like playing Zelda with both of like my contr- my Joy-Cons drifting was the most frustrating experience of my life. <laughs> Why would you even attempt? Yeah, like insanely drifting. And like that was after Zach walked me through the process of like what's supposed to fix it where you like recalibrate it or whatever. Still yeah. insanely drifting as so I was like. I'll be aiming at something and like my one Joy-Con is going one way. And at the same time as that, Link is trying to walk off a cliff. And so, <laughs> you know, the drift, it's it's a big deal. And it really, it can dampen, you know, an experience playing a game. I don't think enough people heard about the PS5 controller drifts before they had like already bought the console and were like, you right. know, it, it, it's unclear. It's still unclear how widespread it is. We don't know if this is like a, a Joy-Con-esque issue where, you know, a ton of people are getting hit with this. Mm. But for everyone that is like, this is a super frustrating experience. You know, I have a lot of empathy for those people because, you know, they're just trying to play games and like they're they're just their hardware is just breaking on them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm absolutely sympathetic, too. But again, like PlayStation made good with this one, too, by help by allowing people to send in their controller in a pretty easy method in order to get it either fixed or just straight up replaced. Um, And again, we've kind of talked that we don't think this has affected too much of the sales on PlayStation's part, but I do know one thing that has kind of ticked a lot of people off, and that is scalping. I don't know about you guys, but I have never seen a generation of consoles with a prevalence in scalping as apparent as with the PlayStation 5 and with the Xbox. Now, I don't know how much you can call this a fault on Sony's part, but it definitely is something worth talking about because we've done it a lot. We've talked about scalpers and their prices and how much it can set you back if you decide to go that route instead of waiting. So what do you guys think of the whole scalping thing? Has that affected the PlayStation legacy at all? I think it it actually, I would say it actually has affected the legacy of the PS5. I think going forward, you're not going to be able to think of a PS5 without like first thinking about the huge scalping issue that it had on release and still has like four or five months later. It's it's pretty rough and it's not Sony's fault necessarily, but it's just you can't like you have this issue. It's going to cloud the legacy of your console. And I mean, I think the reason that it hits PS5 harder than it's hitting Xbox is because more people are rushing to PS5 than they are to Xbox. Sorry, Zark. I mean, the scalper play, 
the scalper prices reflect that. I think Xbox is still only selling for like 700. Yeah, you were offended <laughs> when you heard that. You're like, why is mine selling for lower? I'm still offended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, Peaches. It's not necessarily a problem with Sony, but it is something that's going to affect the legacy. And 10%, even though we're hesitant about that statistic, even if that's right, that does that means that one in five or not one in five. That means that one in 10 PlayStation five owners had to go the scalper route and paid like five hundred dollars more than they would have. That's still a pretty big issue. That's enough prominence to be able to talk about it. If one in 10 of these consoles were bricking, that'd be a huge topic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just it's so weird that like I think I'll, I'm, I'm curious uh, how much effect COVID plays into how easily this is a scalps because you know covid messed up a bunch of supply chain issues and so i wonder how much of that is related like you know because the supply chains are all messed up right now is Mm -hmm. you know is manufacturing also messed up and so they're not even able to produce this at the quantity that they normally would and that's why we're seeing this so prevalent right now as compared to like back with the 360 the ps3 ps4 xbox one scalpers suck People really taking advantage. And what's funny is when I got my PlayStation, my dad was like, you know, you probably should have bought another one and just sold it, you know, scalped it and then made your money back on both the consoles. Yeah, but then you would have become a one of what you hated. Exactly. <laughs> what I'm going to do is buy two PlayStation 5s, keep them both, brick one of them and hit Zara over the head with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth $500 on its own. Hey. The reason why we brought up the sales, the controversy, the history so far is because it's not fair to say that everything is great with the PlayStation 5 because it hasn't been. There's been a lot of trouble. There's been an uphill battle, but I think PlayStation is in a great place right now and that it's a pretty stellar console. And that's where we get into some of JP's thoughts about being a PlayStation 5 owner, because who doesn't want to hear from JP? Is there a way I can raise my hand without video no next question oh me and zara are already on the way to get to lunch uh, get lunch or were you still talking i could probably talk for like 30 minutes without you guys saying anything and not notice you're not here. <laughs> i was gone 20 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah me and zara are just getting uh haps at the bees it's you know it's applebee's time baby you didn't invite me to haps Ooh, not sponsored by applebee's although we are trying to be <laughs> All right, so let's get into some of the details. Now, what's funny is Peach has brought up a lot of these opinions because from here on out, it's just opinion based. So difference between the PS4 Pro and the PlayStation 5. Now, I had the original PlayStation 4 and I had the PlayStation 4 Pro. The PlayStation 4 Pro, by the way, I'm still planning on using. It's right here next to me on my desk. I love the PlayStation 4 Pro. But that being said, like, it's just it's simply not the same type of experience. You know, Zar mentioned earlier that the Xbox Series X between the Xbox One, just like even operating system wise, there's just not much of a tangible difference. Isn't that right, Zar? Yeah, there there really isn't. They went with the whole if it's not broken, don't fix it approach. But they just sped everything up, made it a little bit more user friendly. It's still very nice. What about my what about my gamer avatar? He's been asleep for so long, someone has to wake him up. That made me really sad. (laughs) Because my gaming avatar has been asleep for about 10 years now. Yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. They'll find usefulness somewhere. 
All right, now here is where the the difference is between the generation leap on PlayStation side. Now, I love the PlayStation 4 Pro, but I do think that some of the complaints generally came from its operating system being a little harder to navigate. Because, I mean, the truth is you're right, Czar. When it comes to Xbox, why fix something that's not broken? Xbox nailed user-friendliness quite some time ago, and to be honest, PlayStation was still trying to kind of figure it out. But with the PlayStation 5, I feel like they fixed so many different issues that the PlayStation 4 Pro had. I love how the PlayStation 5 has different tabs for media versus your games, because it's so easy to find what you're looking for now. Um, you can no longer pick the theme of the background of the PlayStation 5 versus the PlayStation 4. Honestly, I don't have that much of a problem with it because they do custom like backgrounds based on the app or the game you're hovering over anyways. And because of the HDR and the 4K and how good it looks, everything you see on the TV is just mesmerizing anyway. So, you know what? We lost the themes, but I'm okay with that. That's still kind of a bummer, though, because Xbox, like if I wanted to put a picture of my wife and I and our pets as the background for my Xbox, I could. I could easily just download anything off the Internet as a background. I mean, I like that. I like that customization. (laughs) Just on my end, like, I just don't care about that as much. That'd be like icing on the cake if that were a feature. But it's nothing that I'm like, oh, yeah, this console's trash. Uh, real quick, uh, when I first got my PS4, I did not think like the menu system was super friendly. I think you kind of touched on this. You said that they did fix that in the PS5, like where it's like the, you're you're at the main screen and you're not like like looking around for everything, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, like I I think the PlayStation 4 where it kind of fell flat is like so you'd have all the apps on the front page, but then you'd have too many sub menus that pop up from different apps. And just finding what you're looking for was just always kind of a pain in the butt. Um, The way that they do it now is on the top of the PlayStation 5, you've got a media tab and a game tab. And the game tab will pull up like normal, like your 10 most played or your 10 like most recently played games, which, you know, that's not necessarily I never had a problem with that. And then it's got your game library at the end, which, again, has menus that make it kind of easier to navigate. But the separate media tab, I really, really enjoy. For the times where, you know, you just want to watch Hulu or Netflix or HBO or whatever. What about Disney Plus? What about Disney Plus? What about Disney Plus? I have Disney Plus. I love Disney Plus. Is it on PS5, though? It is on PS5. Hell yeah. You know I watched WandaVision all on the PS5. Dude, dude, WandaVision hype is over. Now Winter Soldier and Falcon is my best friend. Oh, I can't (laughs) wait to watch that. Yep. I haven't started yet. Don't ruin anything. Okay. All right. All right. But yeah, so you were saying about the menus there, there are better. The menus are better. And oh my God, everything is so quick. Navigating everything. Things load up in an instant. They weren't kidding. And I'm going to talk about this in a while with the load times on games. But when it comes to apps too, they're so quick. It's crazy how quick they are. So they made the operating system better for the users. And they also made everything so snappy. I think they really did a good job of improving it over the PlayStation 4. I don't know if it's still up to par with Xbox, because I think Xbox, like, this is a category where they've really got it figured out. Like, Xbox is essentially PC, and so if there is anything a PC is, it's user-friendly. It's not really a fair advantage, but hey, we'll take it. (laughs) We'll take what we can get. We got user friendliness. Hell yeah. Point to Xbox. I mean, X- so Xbox's draws right now aren't like this aren't even nearly the same as 
PlayStation. So like PlayStation, it's like you're going to PlayStation for the the IPs, right? That's generally what you're going there for. And you go to Xbox if you want the Game Pass. Which is still the best value in gaming, change my mind, but I digress. I totally agree. Now, let's talk, actually, talking about the PS4 some more, let's talk about bringing the PS4 content to the PlayStation 5. Holy crap, it was so easy. That is something I really, really appreciate, because, like, being backwards compatible isn't something that PlayStation was too great at either, so I was very hesitant about, like, how am I going to get my PS4 content onto my PS5? But the second I loaded up my PlayStation 5 and started, like, figuring things out, it, uh, like, it's in the menu when you're setting it up. It's like, hey, do you have a PS4? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, can we bring over the data? I'm like, yes, you can. And they're like, all right, we're doing it. And I'm like, when? And they're like, right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. And it was just so seamless. Like, you, you can connect them together via Ethernet cable for, like, a quicker experience. But even if you're just doing it over the Wi-Fi like I did, it took a couple of hours, but I also had like 120 games. So wait, you had 120 games all on your PS4? Backlogs. I've got like 120 on my Xbox. Yeah, so you like, don't. Wait, At like least. downloaded, like all installed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jesus Christ, what kind of storage are you guys working with on your PlayStation? I can't have like more than f- five games installed. I have a two terabyte external. Yes, I have a four terabyte external. Ooh, jelly. So essentially, that's like that's just how easy it was. Like, so the PS5, the PS5 asked, like, which games do you want installed directly to the PlayStation 5? And which games do you want to just keep on the external and then just plug in the external and we'll reformat it for you? It was so easy. So like I pl- I was like, here are the games I want right away. And it was like a couple hours over Wi-Fi. I was like, done. Now, what do you want? And I was like, can I just plug in this external hard drive? And they're like, yeah, we'll reformat it for you. I was like, okay, how long will that take? And they're like, it's done. It's done. <laughs> it's d- done. And boom, like just like that, my entire PlayStation 4 library is on my PlayStation 5, along with my new PlayStation 5 game. So I really have to give it up to the PlayStation 5. It was seamless getting all my games over there. It really was easy. Well done on PlayStation's part. That's going to be a huge factor for me like with with the new Xbox, obviously, but in reference to the PlayStation, huge selling point. Well, like I said, though, that's another thing that Xbox figured out pretty early on that PlayStation was figuring out still. Xbox backward compatibility and integration is really, really great. Well, not even just the backwards compatibility, but the data transfer being so seamless and like, when do you want it? Or like, when is this going to happen? It's it's already happening. Like, exactly. Perfect. And even between the PS3 and the PS4, it wasn't that simple. I mean, it wasn't a nightmare to figure out by any means, but they could have made it a little more seamless. And they did that with the PlayStation 5. And the fact that it reformats your hard drive, that's cool, though. Yeah. Um, the jump from PS3 to PS4, though, was way different because PS3 and PS4, for what I remember... The reason there wasn't backwards compatibility between those two is because the PS3 was operating on an entirely different, like, I I remember reading about this a long time ago. I don't know if you guys saw it, but like, do you know what I'm talking about, JP? Sorry, man. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, man. I have no idea. To be honest, I mean, I know what, I just know that it was different. Yeah, the, the PS3, it has something to do with like the, the internals of the PS3 being entirely different from what they went to with the PS4. And so that like that's why games weren't backwards compatible is because they were essentially running on like a like a brand. It'd be I guess the jump was kind of like 
going from like PlayStation to Xbox was like when it was PS3 to PS4, you know, it's like that's how different it was. And so you couldn't just like port the game because it was that's how different the PS3 was to the PS4. And I think they were trying to stay in line with the PS5 to make this kind of compatibility issue you know, not an issue, essentially, <laughs> to make it so you can just easily seamlessly jump from one to the next. And even if that's true, though, that kind of emphasizes how little PlayStation gave a shit about backwards compatibility or future proofing, to be honest, because now, like, you know, I I'm still of the opinion that backwards compatibility isn't that big of a deal because it gives me a reason to keep using my PS4. But while I have it, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, so, uh. So you're gonna, you're, are you going to change change your take on that, that uh, backwards compatibility is a good thing? I never said it wasn't a good thing. I just said that it wasn't a deal breaker. And I still do not think that it is. I am keeping that opinion. But while I have it, just w- putting in Red Dead Redemption 2 and watching it load up with that blazing fast speed was very nice. Uh, and then what, what happened when you put in Mass Effect? That's a good joke. What's a Mass Effect? I own Mass Effect for my for my PC. I own all three of the first Mass Effects for my PC. So th- because I wanted those to get the full 2070 super treatment. <laughs> Joke's on you because they're going to be remastered and look even prettier. <laughs> well, I mean, he's still he's still fine. Buy the trilogy again. I spent $10 on the pack, so you know, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Now, let's talk about load times going off my last point. Holy crap, you guys, you won't believe how fast these games load up. It's insane. Like, even a game like Demon's Souls, with, like, some of the highest graphics fidelity the PlayStation 5 has right now, I can, like, open up that game and, like, literally be where I left off playing, not even from suspended mode, from, like, you know, the game's completely closed, you open it up, and you can start playing in, like, 10 to 15 seconds, right where you just were. It's insane. It almost doesn't feel real, like you just missed out on something, like, this is it? But no, yeah, the load times are a really big deal. They really weren't lying about that. That's really cool, but I'm just waiting for more advanced games to come out, and, you know, game developers developing for the PS5 as a normal, like, everyday thing. And then we're going to see, like, a little bit longer load times, because these game developers are going to push the current hardware to its limits down the road. And, you know, so, like, what's going to happen when you try to play Elder Scrolls Six whenever the hell that comes out? Oh, wait, you might not be able to play that on, on PlayStation. Bad. Yeah, bad we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, any, any expansive game like that, you know? I, I bet we're going to see some pretty bad load times down the line, but right now it's cool. My argument to that would be, I don't know of any games that are like, Demon Souls is incredibly detailed. And, you know, as games like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but it's a remake. So they're, they're still working off a previous engine. Dude, they had to rebuild the engine. You think an engine built for the PlayStation is going to work on the PlayStation 5? Well, yeah, okay, you got me there. <laughs> I think there was some similarities, though. I mean, they had to rebuild this engine. So, like, what what load times are, the things that take up the most for load times is graphics packs, right? Like texturing, figuring out ray tracing, things like that. That's what load times are trying to do. So, you know, a game like Demon's Souls now, obviously, like I said, I can only attest to my own experience, but I can't imagine how it's going to get much better than that or a game like Assassin's Creed. 
Like, you know, you could use other games that are being specially made for the PlayStation 5, like, for example, the next Ratchet and Clank game, Rifts Apart, that's coming out. That's gonna take up a lot of the PlayStation 5 power as well. But, like, it's still got... The texture packs are gonna be good, but it's still gonna be, like, a more cartoony art style, which means that its load times aren't gonna be as severe as Demon Souls, who goes for realism, you know? Yeah, well, naturally, the more realistic game and, like detailed the scenery around you is the the longer load time you have i'd like to see it compared after a certain amount of time but i I get what you're saying so i mean i see where you're coming from too but uh, the fact like demon souls i feel like was a game that was specifically made to show people what the playstation 5 could do which is why they selected that as like the big playstation launch exclusive but i do see the point you're trying to make And that actually leads me into the next point. Is the difference in graphics really tangible? Now, do you remember when we watched the PlayStation event a few weeks ago together? And they did that side-by-side on the PS4 Pro and the PS5 of, um... It was Final Fantasy, and we were like, um, I don't know if I noticed much of a difference. Yeah. The truth is, it depends on the game. And even then, I'm gonna admit it, I don't think it's that much of a boost in, like, graphics. I think what the real boost is, is, like, when you start to see the new features like ray tracing available. Because the graphics, yeah, they're a little bit better, but nothing where you're like, okay, this is definitely worth it. But it's features like ray tracing that really make the things pop. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, The perfect example I have of that is I tried Spider-Man Miles Morales on my PS4 Pro and then again on my PS5 as kind of a side-by-side. And yeah, graphics-wise, I mean, it just wasn't that much of a difference. But then I turned on ray tracing and holy shit, you can actually tell that it's pretty awesome. Well, that's why ray tracing is so cool and that the graphics argument has kind of become invalid at this point, because you know what the real limitation for boosting in graphics and adding thousands of more pixels per screen? It's the human eye. We can't see, yet we can't even notice a difference past a perfect point, so how do you get past that point? And ray tracing is the solution. That's how you make games prettier. You are 100% correct, because at like, you know, they keep doing 4K, 8K, 16K, whatever. You're right. At a point, it's not going to make a difference. Our human eyes can't tell the difference. So they work on these other ways. It's like, okay, well, how else can we make these games look great? And ray tracing is the answer to that. Providing real time, real depth, realistic lighting features in these games. That's what makes the difference. And in a game like Spooderman, you can really tell that the difference is there. And I'm very happy about that. So, in conclusion, does it actually make a difference graphics-wise? No, not by a ton. A little bit, but not by a ton. But it finds other ways to make the games pop, and you're gonna notice it in different ways that you didn't before. Now, let's get into some things that are just straight-up opinions, straight-up JP's experience. Let's start by talking about the games I have that are exclusively for the PlayStation 5. Are we talking about bug snacks? We're talking about bug snacks. <laughs> I have I beat bug snacks by the way, Ooh. and it got dark. You guys, <laughs> bug snacks got very very dark. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna give it away. Is it rated E or T? I don't remember I guess for the ESRB rating. I don't know. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a game that's supposed to be for children. It's alluring. I think it got a T rating, but like you go to the end of the game. Let's just say not all the characters on the island survive. Oh, yeah, it get especially my first playthrough. Not everybody survived that. I'll leave it at that. Oh, but those are my favorite kind of games, right? That are like happy and cheery, but then have a dark twist. I love it. You've also heard you've also heard me talk about Demon Souls. Demon Souls is outstanding. It looks like we, I've just talked about how it looks. It's beautiful. They really nailed the way it looks. It's uh, the light features are outstanding. But a lot of people's questions are about the challenge, right? Like, is this more challenging than Dark Souls? For point of reference, I did not get past the tutorial on Dark Souls 3. Did I am currently on level four of Demon Souls for what that's worth. Well, that's progress. Yeah, that's progress. Not for no, not for nothing. It's very, very challenging. Like each one of those levels, I died multiple times and it's ruthless, dude. There's no save points. If you die, it sends your ass back to the start. Yeah, it's just how it goes. And it doesn't really explain anything to you either. It's one of those games that's definitely like, fuck you, you figure it out. But I kind of like that. I don't know. I've had a good time figuring out how Demon Souls works. I really have. So, JP, wait, have you finally gotten good then? Or I'm get I'm in the process of getting good. I will get good once I beat the game. And I'm getting there. You gonna get <laughs> okay. that penetrator armor set? With all with no, all the No, 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 coins? I am not No, I haven't even found one yet. Those things <laughs> I I haven't even found one. I don't know where you find those things. But you know, I it's been hard to get to that because Bug Snacks has been calling my name. <laughs> hey, we're talking about bugs. We're talking about bug snacks. Demolition All Stars. Now, this is that awesome game where like you're driving around and you're kind of you're in this like court and you're driving around and you smash up the cars and if the car gets smashed up good enough, you jump out of the car and run around this court trying to do things. I'm not going to lie, this game was free when I picked it up for the PlayStation 5 and it was so much fun. I haven't gotten back to around to it much lately because I don't have enough time for video games as it is. And if I'm going to play video games, it's going to be something like Bugsnacked, you know, something with some quality. <laughs> that being said, though, as a free game for the PlayStation 5, it's very well made. It's very fun. And I think you're going to get a lot of uh, use out of that. I also um, I played this on my PS4 Pro, but I re-downloaded the PS5 version of Spooderman Morals Mariachi. And I think that it's been very, very good. Nothing about the morals mariachi joke. <laughs> no, no, no that's, that sounds right to me. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, that checks out. I haven't played this too much because I already beat the game, but I did download my old save file from the PS4. I reopened it. I turned on the ray tracing and yeah, it's gorgeous. There's no doubt about it. It looks really, really good, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Now, Spooderman morals mariachi is a whole different game, supposedly, from the original PS4 Spider-Man. So, which one are we talking about right now? Spooderman Morals Mariachi. Okay, so you loaded up your old... Does your old save file, like, transfer over to Morals Mariachi? There's PS4 and there's PS5 versions of games, right? Now, for... If I transferred a game over to the PlayStation 5 from the PS4, but it was still the PS4 version of that game, the save data would transfer over immediately. But for Miles Morales... I bought the PS4 version, but I could get the PS5 version for free if I did that. So I got the PS5 version, and if you do that, 
then you have to manually re-download your save data. But again, that only took a few seconds. And then boom, I had my entire old world from the PS4 version in the PS5 version of the game. And finally, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. That game has been an absolute pleasure to play. And again, I think does a great job of showcasing what the PlayStation 5 can do. Because even in a game that's like cartoony, like that, like things come off as so realistic and the lighting looks great and it's been so much fun. And I haven't even gotten into like how the controller feels in all of this. It is absolutely true what they say about the haptic feedback. Because all of these games are an entirely different experience because of the way the PlayStation 5 controller works. And it's so hard to describe to you guys because I can try and tell you that the haptic feedback like puts this weird pressure in resistance in the triggers that make whatever you're doing feel more realistic. And the you way feel that the, like, the jumping, you can feel it. <laughs> it really makes you feel like a dual sense controller. <laughs> it's the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers, dude, because even the way the controller vibrates when you take steps is wild. It really is. So it's just an entirely different experience. We're going to bring that bitch into Rocket League. Oh, my God. As soon as the PS5 version of Rocket League comes out. Hell yeah, dude. That's going to feel incredible. Yeah. That's not to mention the fact that, like, if there was one thing that we were all in total agreement on when we first saw the PlayStation 5 get revealed, it was the fact that the console looks goofy. And it still <laughs> kind of does, right? It, it does. looks a little goofy. It's it's a little too big. I can agree with that. But it it commands attention in a way that, like, at for it grows on you, in my opinion. It's gotten even bigger? It was already <laughs> too big to start Bro, with. It's just growing, man. It, it just won't stop. Soon I'm just going to be living in my PlayStation 5. <laughs> feel like you feel like a grandma's like, oh my, how much have you grown, PS5? <laughs> starting to sound like a South Park episode. It really, it really has. In fact, wasn't there a Trapper Keeper episode that was like that? Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of, the Trapper yeah, Keeper. <laughs> I love that episode. All right. As I was saying, yes, the console is weird looking, but it really does grow on you. And to be fair, if you get the PlayStation uh, digital, I think it grows on you faster because at least then, yeah, it looks goofy, but at least it's symmetrical. The disc edition that I purchased, it's like, you know, that little bump for the disc tray. You definitely notice it. But again, in my opinion, it grows on you just fine. And over a while, you're just like, you know what? This is a cool ass looking console. I'm very happy that I have this. And that brings us to the last question of how the PlayStation 5 is doing. Is it worth the upgrade? Is it worth, you know, if you don't have the money right now, is it worth saving up the extra money, working some extra hours? If you don't have the money right now, is it worth spending the money? (laughs) On top of that, like, are you willing to deal with scalpers? Are you willing to wait in lines? Are you willing to look at Best Buy's website eight times a day like I did until you finally find one after three months of trying? Before I answer this question, what do you guys think? From what I've told you so far, if you were a generation, if you had the old generation console and you heard everything that I've had to say so far, would you think that it's worth the upgrade immediately? Well, I do have an old generation console and no, I do not think it's worth it right now and i refer back to my point of being a guinea pig oh i'm gonna take that same take but kind of twist it a little bit it's not worth having right now because there's no games out for it that i think merit owning a ps5 specifically for 
I'm looking at this the, these like games, and I think the only big exclusive that's not like with the PS4 is Bug Snacks, is or maybe Demon Souls remake. Is that right? Like it's it's you, I think you said that Spider Man Morals Mariachi is on PS4 as well. Yeah, Spider Man is on the PS4. Uh, Crash Four is on the PS4. Hell, Bug Snacks you can get for the PS4. Okay, so I I don't understand like really. What is the draw to have a PS5 specifically right now? Because if you're someone who doesn't really care about um, like graphics and load times, I mean, which is honestly probably most people like, you, you know, we've dealt with load times for so long. I feel like we don't really notice them anymore. And like once they're gone, I feel like we're barely going to notice it either. Right. Um, so for is it worth having a PS5? just to play these games with better graphics and better load times. And I would argue probably not like wait till something like Ratchet and Clank maybe comes out and wait till, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, something that forces you to have a PS5 and not a PS4 to own it, because otherwise I just don't see a reason to not just play these on my PS4. And as a as bonus points to your statement there, Peaches, the consoles are probably going to be on sale at that time, too. Like you're going to get them cheaper. And hopefully there will be more of them out there available yeah, on the market. Definitely. That's actually something I'm unsure about with this console generation is how like the depreciation of value is going to take place for each of them over time, especially coming out of COVID. That's just something we're going to have to wait and see, to be completely honest with you. But now that you've both given your take, it's time to give my take. And you might be very surprised to hear that I agree with you both. Nani? Hey, <laughs> I... Look, if you are a huge gamer and you love gaming and you love either PlayStation or Xbox and you can't wait to get your hand on the console and you have the means to do so and you can find a way to do it without using a scalper, go for it. But you should not feel like you have to upgrade at this moment, is my opinion. If you are still rocking the PS4 or the PS4 Pro and you're getting almost every single game that you would love to play right now, and hell, even if you have to wait to play a couple of the titles down the road, like, you know, Demon Souls, all that means is the game's going to be on sale by the time you pick it up. I, I agree with these guys. It's more worthwhile to wait. I have enjoyed having the PlayStation 5 early and like bragging to, to be honest, I really enjoy bragging to people that I have it. <laughs> Flexing like on people with your PS5. And I love telling people about my experience so far. That's the whole reason why we made this episode. And you're excited about hit me over the head with one <laughs> a bricked one yeah yeah but you shouldn't feel like you have to you know because support for the playstation 4 is still going to be apparent for a few more years to come and right now with the world being so uncertain with money crunches with just how hard it is to find these things in the first place i'd say don't you know save yourself the headache save yourself the pain that i've been going through for the th last three months just wait you know, who knows? By the end of this year, maybe you'll be walking around a Walmart and you'll see a PS uh, PlayStation 5 in a case. I don't think so, but maybe. And you're like, <laughs> that's an unlikely scenario. Right there. <laughs> There's been a few anecdotes I've seen online of people who's like walking around Walmart and being like, what the fuck? They have a PS5 here. Yeah, right, so it's not it's not entirely out of the world of possibilities. Oh, well, obviously, it's not impossible. It's just incredibly unlikely. Right. I'm just saying I'm just saying, though, as my point. I agree with you two. If you, just wait, honestly, if you know, if you need to. 
If you don't need to and you find one, by all means, pick it up because I sure as hell have been enjoying it. I wonder if that uh, scalper price has uh, increased to 1400 for, you know, no reason at all, having nothing to do with these new stimmy checks that we're all getting. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I haven't seen near enough memes of that. <laughs> all right, boys, that's it. That's the PlayStation 5, the story so far. What do you think? Any questions, any comments, any concerns? Are we going to be tested on this later? The test is right now. You have failed. Oh, oh I didn't read the syllabus. Uh, you want to test? Um, what is my grandson's name? Timmy. <laughs> oh, yes, it's farts. It's far. <laughs> I have a question for you, Professor Oak. How did you forget your grandson's name? <laughs> <laughs> Going back to South Park, it's like how Stan's grandpa always just calls him Billy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh. Billy. Help me hang myself. Oh, Billy. <laughs> That's I'm dark. going to Africa, Billy. People die of natural causes there all the time. <laughs> all right. So that's it. That is the PlayStation 5 so far. I've loved my experience. If you can't get it yet, it's worth the wait. But good Lord, get it eventually because it is amazing. And plus 20 great exclusives at your fingertips the second you buy the console. I love it. I love it, and I'm excited for you guys to eventually be able to get one too. I think we've ta- I think we've said it all. Well, I think JP has said it all. Means that we're vibing. We're vibing. <laughs> <laughs> JP, keep yeah. talking. We're vibing. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.